What's good, internet? It's your boy, Big Tony, and thank you for tuning in to the Household Game Podcast. This is episode three, so thank you for tuning in with me. And look, I've got a few stories here for you guys today, but truth be told, I want to give you a quick update on myself, you know, like I did in the last episode. I think, you know, since you're here listening to me, hopefully, hopefully you care about me, you know, hopefully you care about me more than I care about myself. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> but, you know, honestly, I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay, you know, with this whole pandemic and and life being on standstill for a lot of people, it it can be tough. And I think it's had its mental toll on everybody. And 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 for a while I was fine, uh, you know, and I, I've had my moments recently where I've, I wouldn't say I've broken down, but I've definitely had, you know, some, some, some t- uh, tough times dealing with, you know, with the emotions that come with feeling stagnant. And, uh, and, I, and that's not just due to the pandemic, that's just due to life as well, wanting to be my own, you know, wanting to kind of be my own person and, 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 and be more independent and you know live by myself and that kind of thing um you know so you know, overall i'm doing overall i'm doing fine but you know there's things that I, you know i could definitely change and that i i, I want to, to to make a difference in uh, if you know what i mean but i am getting myself back in shape so that's good um yeah i'm actually really surprised with how well i'm doing right now in this episode i'm just kind of talking and letting it flow usually i think too much but i am trying to get myself back into shape Big 24 now, you know, it's getting to the point where if I don't change now, I'm never going to change. So, you know, I'm counting my calories, I'm going out running, you know, like I said, at the beginning of the week, I wasn't feeling great. So, you know, I didn't go on the runs when I should have. So I kind of had to push myself a little bit at the, you know, at the midpoint of this week. And, you know, my shins have really had it. Shin splints are a bitch, if you guys know. But, um, just so you guys know, I'm recording this episode on the 12th of March, 2021, and yo, let's have a good one. So, in terms of gaming news, you guys already know, this is a gaming, a predominantly gaming podcast. However, I have got some questions. I only have a couple questions because none of you guys on Twitter or Instagram answered a question. Hey, guys, I'm doing a podcast. If you've got any questions to ask, ask away. But then again, I am a small content creator, so... What do I expect? But anyway, so I've got a couple of news stories here for you guys. I, I say a couple. I've got uh, quite a few actually. Um, a few based on gaming. A few, uh, uh, a couple of them like movie related. But you know, at the end of the day, there's there's, there's a decent amount of stories that I've got here for you guys. So I'm going to switch the screen. Um, if you guys are watching the YouTube version of the podcast, then you know, obviously, you'll see the screen. You'll see the articles. Uh, I'm not hiding it. I'm not trying to plagiarize. Not everyone can see where I'm reading from. This is from VGC. I don't think I've actually um, seen. Sorry. That's very unprofessional. Yo, rate this. Yeah, look, I'm sorry. That was unprofessional. But rate this podcast, you know, the highest rating that you can on whatever uh, platform that you're listening on, whether it's whether it's Spotify or SoundCloud, because we've got it on SoundCloud now, or whether it's on Apple Podcasts or whatnot. Rate rate it high. Share it. Share it with your friends and family. Like, it really helps me out. It, help, it helps to, to spread the podcast out to the, to the world. So I'd really appreciate that. But look, this article from VGC posted by Tom Ivan. Got to give you your flowers where they're due. Says Rockstar owner Rockstar there there there. Rockstar owner discusses remasters strategy. Says it's not interested in simple ports. Take two says Rockstar. Take two says Rockstar can't deliver a great experience by just doing a simple port. And, in, and to be fair, just to give a quick uh, comment on that, I, I I believe that too. And in the, at the end of the day, 
you can't just quickly just slap dash port a game from a console to pc and expect it to be great you kind of have to you have to optimize it you have to rebuild the uh rebuild the game where it's needed in order for the game to to, to run well uh, and be a great experience and i think so far rockstar's done a good job of it do they take forever yes and it's annoying it's annoying but giving rockstar the flowers where they're due they do a good job Anytime that there's been a port, whether that's GTA 5, I mean, oh well, well I, I, I can't say anytime because of, because I'm sorry for you guys on the video version of the podcast. I'm licking the hell out of my lips right now. Um, man, these, these lips are dry or something, but um, <laughs> look, I won't comment on GTA 4. I never played GTA 4 on PC. Apparently it wasn't great, but GTA 5, they've, st- they've stepped their game up. I, I've seen, you know, apparently GTA 4 wasn't a great port. I've, I've, I've you know what it, i can't comment on it but gta 5 is good um whether it's been on the 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 playstation 3 or xbox 360 ps4 ps uh, uh, ps5 i haven't played yet but pc has been uh, is great implementing things like first person mode impl- uh, and, and creating all new animations and, and making sure that things like the um you know the, the insides of cars and 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 gun mechanics all, all work from that perspective it's amazing what they've done with 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 um with their games and their ports but anyway let me let me continue with with the article the ceo of rockstar owner take two has discussed the company's approach to remastering older titles and its efforts to differentiate itself from its competition in this area Rockstar is currently gearing up to bring a remastered version of GTA 5 to P- uh, PS5 and Xbox Series X slash S in the second half of Canada 2021. Now, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. It's going to be great seeing this game with RTX and all that that good stuff. But f- for goodness sake, please stop shoving GTA 5 down our throats. Please make a new game. <laughs> Please focus on a new game too, might I add. Like, I haven't played uh, Rock, uh, Red Dead Redemption 2 online. I'm not here for this online stuff. Look, I understand. I understand. Creating games, it's, it's a business. It's money. The world is... Money makes this world go around. Money makes, money makes this world go around. Like, I, I, I can't... I, I want more money. I want more money. Yo, if you want to send in... Yo, look. If you want to send a donation to help, the, and to help me out as a content creator dollar sign big tony 015 on cash app let me just go on my phone to make sure that's correct too because you know i don't want to be messing up and, and you sending money to the wrong person so let me just open up this cash app real quick because i don't really i don't really plug the cash app like that but um you know yeah dollar sign big tony 015015 that's how i say it and you know help your boy out with a little bit of a cash app donation it helps me out it helps to stream out and at the end of the day um well I need the money for personal life, but as as soon as I start going back to work, which should be soon, hopefully, considering you know more things you know fall into place, the money that I get from you know you know people who follow me on Twitch or, or YouTube or, or whatnot, it'll all go back into the stream, into making this uh, the, the streams as, as good as possible. So thank you very much to anybody who does donate and who does send uh, send money, and I really appreciate that. And 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 you guys are fucking amazing. But anyway, moving on. What I'm saying is, please stop taking so long to bring out new games. I understand that they're masterpieces when they come out, and I appreciate that. I really do. But games like GTA 5, you've, you, this, has been, this is the third generation that, that this game is coming out on. It, 
why? Why does it take so long? I, I get it. We've had a pandemic as well, which has probably slowed you guys down a lot. But you guys have so many titles and so many, I'm assuming so many studios across the world. How does it take you so long to create games when a lot of companies, bear in mind, sometimes the, the titles are lackluster, bring them out within the next year or two, sometimes three. And, and I get it. You want to make this, the games as best you can. But at the end of the day, <clears throat> when some people, like I could die in the next eight, I, I, I could have died in 10 years. I know you don't care about the one person, but you get the point. We all could have died in like eight to ten years. I mean, you know I mean? We, have to, we have to wait eight to ten years for every title. Look, all I'm saying is GTA 6 better blow my socks off. Like, I'm just because this is too long. Red Dead Redemption 2 was a great, an amazing game. Very slow at the start, but an amazing game. And I can un I understand why it takes so long, but Jesus Christ, man, come on, guys. It's ridiculous now. Like, you've got Bully, which is an amazing, uh, an amazing uh, title. Like, and that hasn't even got a sequel. Where's Bully 2? Where's GTA 6? Manhunt, bring it back. Stop being soft. Stop being scared. Bring it back. Shit, that. I remember I played that that Rockstar table tennis at my friend's house one time. That shit was actually kind of cool. I didn't play it a lot, but I wasn't really interested in table tennis. I was younger, yada yada. But it was a kind of cool title. But bring these games back and bring uh, come bring out sequels. Come on and stop shoving these these this online shit down our throats. I know you want to make money out of these microtransactions, but stop it, please. Anyway, <laughs> moving on, moving on. Um. So yeah. I've just gone on rants. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But look, speaking during the Morgan Stanley Technology, Media and Telecom Conference on Wednesday, transcribed by VGC, Take-Two boss Strauss Zelnick was asked how he feels about remasters potentially becoming a bigger part of the company's strategy moving forward. Wow, I'm reading so much better than I do on stream. <laughs> I'm sure there'll be a, a bigger, I'm not sure, look at me, I'm not sure there'll be a bigger part of the strategy, he responded. Remastering has always been a part of the strategy. Uh, we've done differently than the competition. We don't just port titles over. We actually take the time to do the very best job we can, making the title different for the new release, for the new technology that we're, that we're launching on. So we improve the technology, we upgrade the visuals, and we, <clears throat> and we make performance enhancements. And I think, and, that's why I think our remaster titles typically do so well. On GTA 5's upcoming next gen console version, it's not next gen, it's current gen considering, you know, let me see when this, this title was released. This is released like the 3rd of March. The, the console's out, it's not next gen, it's current gen. I know not everybody has it because obviously, you know, it's just coronavirus has caused a lot of trouble for, for, for the world and, and, for, and for production, but it's a current gen console. But hey, they're always gonna say next gen because it sounds great. But anyway, on GTA 5's upcoming next gen console version, Zelnick said he was confident the remaster would deliver a strong experience for players. But how strong can it be considering we have the, play the PC version? What more can you bring? Do you know what I mean? We've done great with the Mafia series. <clears throat> Mmm, I don't know. If you're talking about the remasters, I've heard some pretty damning, uh, some pretty damning reviews on that, to be fair. So, I don't know there. For example, GTA 5 is now heading into its third generation, which is incredible. It's cool that you've now bumped up a game so, so much, but when are you going to bring out something else? It was a standard, it was a standard bearer when it was launched. It continued to be the standard bearer in the second generation. We'll see how uh, GT, uh, Grand Theft Auto does in the next generation. Obviously, I'm confident that Rockstar is going to deliver just 
a great experience but you can't do that if you're just doing a simple port and i and i get that that's true and to be fair i don't think there's anything else that's um necessary to be read in this look he's not wrong rockstar do a great job of the remasters and i've already said this they do an amazing job with the remasters but i think that rockstar ultimately need to 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 stop with the remasters and actually uh, uh, I'm not saying it okay i'm not saying that you need to stop with the remasters but like when it comes to new games like why does it take so long to bring them out you know but anyway look that's that's i've i've ranted on about this enough let's move into the next article and this is about elden ring i'm sure we all know about the elden ring elden ring footage um if you don't i don't know what rock you're living under but hey so this is an article by eurogamer tom phillips and this was released on the, uh, the 1st of March. So damn, this has been a while. It's about a week ago, but you get the point. Almost a week and a half ago. And yeah, damn, they're two weeks. Anyway, my point is some a trailer for Elden Ring release. Uh, you know, it was leaked, shall we say? And well, I'm not going to play it here on the podcast. I'm not trying to get myself sued. I can't. I, I can barely afford to rent an apartment in London by myself, let alone fucking uh, <laughs> uh, uh, get sued by you know by 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 a company so let's let's not deal with that but at the end of the day there was some footage of a, of an elden uh an elden ring trailer that was that was leaked and it looked cool it looked cool i mean it looks like a, a an open world version of a dark souls game and, and that's pretty much what it is it's, it's good to see like the game has like some stealth mechanics not just like i mean like crouching mechanics but that's it's nothing groundbreaking considering video games nowadays but i mean you know, Souls games tend not to have a crouching mechanic, although Sekiro does, and I haven't played Sekiro, but I've seen it. So, you know, I guess they, they, they're moving, they're moving to a more open world type adventure. And I appreciate that, as long as it's not huge, because, you know, Souls games and games born from the Souls type, uh, from the Souls born, you know, moniker, they tend to involve a lot of backtracking and coming back to areas and stuff like that. So having a huge open world, I mean, I've, I already found it, find it um, slight, not not overwhelming, but like a lot traveling in a world like God of War, where it's open, but like it's still very pretty, pretty linear. But from what I've seen, it does look cool. I like the fact that we they they're taking. Um, they're bringing back features like using torches to, to, to light up the night, especially with like games like, for example, I think it was Dark Souls 2 where you had to use torches or something like that to um, see in the dark or for certain mechanics or whatnot. Um, but the game looks a lot like Dark Souls mashed with 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 the Elder Scrolls. And I guess it kind of works, Elden Ring, da da da, da. But, you know, it, it, does look, it does look pretty cool. Um, obviously, there's not much that you can say from, uh, that you can say about it. Um, you know George R. R. Martin and his storytelling. I mean, and and also being a, a from software game, that's going to be a very fucking complex story. If if it, if it is, uh, you know, I, I hope it is. I hope it is, but um, I won't be able to understand it. But I'm sure the internet will crack it, and you know, then I can watch all the videos because you know me. I I'm not trying to. I don't look. For, you know, I like video games that have deep stories, but yeah, unless it's easy for me to understand, it's gonna go over my head bro gone because <laughs> yeah me no i'm not the most perceptive type but anyway it is what it is 
but that being said moving on to the next article and i'm not i you know i'm not gonna i'm not going through um gaming articles and news articles and i'm i'm just going one by one i don't care whether it's all gaming a gaming section and a news section you, you gonna listen you gonna listen to this motherfucking podcast <laughs> Uh, another article from Eurogamer and it says Tom Holland doesn't sound thrilled with his performance in the Uncharted movie. Now that that piece of news kind of I wouldn't say upsets me. It I wouldn't say upsets me. It's not nice to hear. Um, by the way, this article is from Wensley. Wensley, who the bomber club is? Wensley, Wesley Yin Pool. It's not cool. Uh, it's not cool to hear this kind of information. Um, Apparently, a quote says, it was a mistake and is something that I will probably never do again. Now, we all had high hopes for this movie. You know, we all love the Uncharted franchise. I mean, when I decided to play it, you know, <clears throat> I was late because I didn't have a PS3. I had an Xbox 360. I sound like Mike Tyson. No disrespect. Ah, oh, I did that. I shouldn't have done that. Mike Tyson, I'm sorry. I didn't mean that. You're a good person. Um... I had an Xbox 360, um, so when I decided to play the Uncharted games, I was blown away. I loved them all; they were great. But that being said, here's what the article says: Tom Holland has spoken about his role as Nathan Drake in the upcoming Uncharted movie, and it doesn't sound like he's particularly thrilled with his with his performance. In a new interview with GQ, the Spider-Man star from South London—oh, he's from South London, man, like—said playing Drake in the film it was sometimes less about. Uh, landmark and wait what sorry uh, was sometimes less about landmark and go through the scene and more about landmark stand there like this and see my bulging biceps ah. it was a mistake and it's something I will probably never do again it's worth looking in more detail at Tom's uh, at Holland's quote here sorry about my reading I'm, I'm trying to get better I'm trying to get better but anyway GQ sets it up by describing the Uncharted movie as having something in common with a Michael Bay action movie. Holland had to bulk up for the role and he had to stand looking cool. Oh, come on. Okay, you know what? Let me be, let's be real, right? In all of the Uncharted games, I don't think there was ever a time where Nathan Drake did anything to be cool. I think, if, if anything, he is a goofy fucker. He is a goofy character very goofy um and i think that's what makes him cool is that he's so goofy he's so himself but when he's serious or when he's engrossed in his adventures that's when he becomes cool because it's who he is it's nothing it's not about being broody or like like or if, you know like you know you know on the youtube version you'll see but you know them characters that flick their heads outside like we gotta do this guys all that you know all that kind of you know action movie bullshit like there was nothing about like it was about Drake going on an adventure because he loved doing so, and it was just who he was, and he brought his own charm and quirkiness. And I think Tom Holland could pull that off. Um, I mean, when Nathan Fillion did that, uh, you know, played Nathan Drake in you know that short movie, I mean, he pulled it off well, dropping bars. He had the, the the acting chops for it. It was amazing. But I think Tom Holland could pull it off. I mean, he pulls off that timid, shy, you know, but quirky, you know, Peter Parker um, well enough. And, you know, his 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 lines as Peter Parker, oh, sorry, his lines as Spider-Man were all, were all um, well dropped. So, I mean, I don't know. I, I think that if, 
if they're trying to make, you know, Nathan Drake seem like this cool, bulky, like strong character, I think they're going the wrong way about it. Definitely going the wrong way about it. Um, anyway, moving on. It was an experiment in vanity that left an odd taste in his mouth, GQ says. And then on to Holland's quote on the movie in full. As soon as you start worrying about, do I look good in this shot? Acting becomes something other than playing a character. I think there are elements of my performance in Uncharted where I kind of fell under playing the spell of, uh, of being, I want to look good now. I want to be this cool, uh, I want this to be my cool moment. I had to play this very tough, very stoic guy, basically be my, basically be Mark Wahlberg. My character is supposed to be a fucking action hero in this moment. Exactly, exactly. Um, he's an action hero who is just the goofiest guy. And I don't think, I, you know, at, I'm playing around with my cup and my, my cup of tea. What the fuck am I doing? Look, at the end of the day, Nathan Drake is a very goofy character. He doesn't need to be portrayed as this cool character because the things that he does are cool and you know i don't know i think if they if they've got tom holland being stoic and tough that doesn't work that doesn't work this isn't fucking this isn't fast and furious you know this isn't this isn't um uh uh uh, uh i don't know gi joe i don't i don't know i don't know it just it just seems wrong to me and i i can understand why tom feels like this movie was a bit of a mistake but you know it could work out in the end it could work out in the end you know so we just have to wait and see maybe maybe after voicing his concerns there'll be some reshoots or stuff that we don't know about we just have to hope but anyway moving on let's moving on look I haven't seen it, so I don't know if I succeeded in that, but it was an important lesson learned because at times it was less about a landmark and more go through the scene. It was less about land and mark and go through the scene and more about land and mark and stand there like this. I think I think I completely fucked up the reading on this, but hey, look, at the end of the day, you get the point. Uh, you know, the people behind this movie are making Tom act just completely out of character for, for Nathan Drake. And I think that it's, it's a complete and utter mistake, honestly. Uh, <laughs> that being said, uh, moving on real quick to a funny story. Um, I didn't watch the whole 15 minutes. Cause I ain't watching no Madden stream. I don't, I don't mess with Madden streams. Uh, but apparently the Snoop Dogg rage quit 15 minutes into live streaming Madden on Switch. I, okay, I know you know I I've really, I've I've raged I've raged quit in my time, but fifteen minutes of Madden and you rage quit. Bearing in mind, apparently the stream's title was "Sit Back, Relax, and Chill." It's a vibe in here. What kind of vibe is that, bro? What kind of chill is that? Like. You smoke weed. You smoke grass. How is it that you're... How is it you're rage quitting? Playing some Madden, bro. You're not even like you're playing Dark Souls, bro. You're playing some Madden and you're rage quitting. After 15 minutes? Come on, Snoop. Come on, Snoop. I don't know. You need to, you need to fix that shit. You need to fix up. You need to fix up. By the way, that, that this article comes from from PC Gamer. I don't even know if I need to read the article. I just think it's a funny piece of information to drop to you guys because at the end of the day, like, how are you? And then he left the stream running for another seven hours. 
Seven hours. Snoop. Brother, what? What gone? Come on, man. Come on. Anyway, I, you know what? I completely fucked up on that Tom Holland uh, article. I just messed up the whole reading there. I'm, I'm actually kind of bummed on myself about that one. But hey, it doesn't matter. You're still here. So I appreciate you. Thank you. Anyway, that being said. Another article from Eurogamer. News by Tom Phillips. Shout out to you. The article title is E3 2021 live event cancelled. LA City says... You know, I'm not surprised by that with, you know, with with the Rona still being, you know, it's, it's still a pandemic. We're still in the pandemic. There's still many deaths from from coronavirus. So at the end of the day, I'm not I'm not surprised by it. You, you, you expect people to go into, you know, an, an, an arena, you know, and be packed and cramped in the, you know, on, on the on the game floor and, and, and in the presentation. No. No, I don't, it's not happening. And at the end of the day, also these, you know, nowadays with, with game companies, like, you know, with like Sony having, you know, state of play and Xbox with uh, Xbox game show and, and Nintendo with whatever the fuck they have, you can't expect, you know, you can't expect companies to, to have to pay millions or whatever it is just to get their, na- their, their, their slot on E3 and then expect me, and then expect people to to roll up into these uh, crowded uh, events. It's already bad enough that people, you know, have to go shopping in, sh- in supermarkets and be around people that might not wear their mask or cough all over the fucking shit. You know, you can't expect people to, to people to be going to these events like this. And I I understand it. E three is fun to watch, but when companies could just drop their own live streams and and quickly show the world what they got going on. And create the buzz themselves without having to spend hundreds, of th- hundreds of thousands, or maybe a million or whatever it is for the for this spot. Why? Why would you know? E three is sl- is slowly becoming more irrelevant, you know. But here it says E three twenty twenty one's live event has been cancelled according to paperwork filed by the board of Los Angeles Convention and Tourism. Last month, we heard that E 3s organizer, the Electronic Software Association (ESA), had plans uh, had plans for a digital. Uh, focused show okay through a live or hybrid event that has not been ruled out now that makes more sense however if, if people still have to pay a large amount just to get on that platform I mean people will still do it but at the end of the day you know it probably you're probably gonna die out you know what I mean now documentation dog up by dog up dog up I sound I sound northern now documentation dug up by reset era thanks uh Twinfinity uh, or Twinfinites, sorry, lists the, the show as a cancelled live event, though a potential license to return in 2022 and 2023. The show's production team may use E3's home at the Los Angeles Convention Center and its next door live LA area for broadcast. The document concludes. So it could be a live stream. Uh, but like we, like I said, with with the state of play in Xbox Game Show and Nintendo Direct, hey, I don't know. I don't know if it's if if E three is ever going to be the same. They'd have to pull off some crazy something crazy for it to be the same. Uh, for people to you know, people will still go, but you know, um, I just I just can't see it being something that people are going to be so uh hyped about. Do you know what I mean? But anyway, continuing on with the with the article. 
but it's uh, but now uh, but it now seems clear do not expect to see anyone walking through uh, the LACC's doors again this year E3 was last held in 2019 after the years after last year's event was called off in the wake of the coronavirus pandemic and the disruption it brought publishers were left to organize their own digital events online and reveals and reveal events for companies such as PlayStation and Xbox uh took place across the summer yeah as they do and as they do we recently just had had a, a state of play this year the ESA sorry excuse me this year the ESA has said that it wants to bring some of those um those disparate events back in house and back into a focused week of reveals though without a physical show to anchor the event it's unclear if publishers will jump back on board or continue to do their own thing I think I think that if publishers are smart, they'll do their own thing, and I think they are they are smart. They know exactly what they're doing. I mean, maybe they will pay that little bit of money just to get on there because at the end of the day, it's more exposure, uh, and E three still has a big name. But yeah, I think people will just these companies will just have the event by themselves. Do you know what I mean? I, I can't see why they would wouldn't do that. Anyway, so so here's one that that interests me. Okay. Here's one that interests me, and I I haven't read the whole title. I just saw that I just saw the 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 head. The I haven't read the whole article. I've just seen the title, and I was like, "Yo, yes, sir." Anyway, this is an article from Express. Express, yes, it says. Oh, and this is written by George Simpson, by the way. Henry Cavill eager to return for new Superman reboot, but studio wants Michael B. Jordan. Let's go. Black Superman out here in the spotlight. Negro man. I don't know. <laughs> Super black or I don't know, whatever. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Henry Cavill is eager. And I love Henry Cavill, by the way, you know, especially after him doing the Witcher. Hey, he done that role justice. I was talking shit before when they released that first trailer for that. I don't know if I spoke about it on stream, but when they released that first trailer, that one where he stepped into the light and he did that quick swig of the potion, it looked terrible, but they fixed it. And he, anyway, let me just, Henry Cavill, you're the man. Like, I hope to bump into you one day. We can work out or something. Uh, you, I'd probably die, but yeah, you get the point. Henry Cavill was eager to return for the JJ Abrams Superman reboot. That is now in the works at Warner Brothers, but an alleged leak claims the studio is actively pursuing Michael B. Jordan. Woo! Henry Cavill last played Superman in 2017's Justice League, which is getting its Zack Snyder's director's cut next month. But over the last few years, fans have been wondering if the 37-year-old man, uh, 37-year-old man of steel, will be coming back for the DCEU movies. I didn't realize he was 37. Looks good, man. He looks good for 37. Well, I say, you know, he look good. He look good. He looks good. Well, after months of rumors, a Superman reboot movie is now in the works at Warner Brothers with J.J. Abrams producing. I don't know who J.J. Abrams is. I don't know if this is a good thing. You know, a lot with the DC movies, I have been out of the loop. I can't lie. I've started getting into the DC TV show. I said I've started getting into I am into the DC TV shows. But the movies I've I've definitely not kept up with. Update. Giant freaking robots uh, tr trusted. Giant freaking robots trusted source, who has correctly predicted other superhero movie uh, movie news, claims that Cavill has done as Superman and Michael B. Jordan, uh, who has had talks with Warner Brothers about playing the f the first big screen Black Man of Steel uh, in the past, is still being actively pursued by the studio. Oh damn! Okay. 
the insiders said uh, the insider says if they can't lock in the creed star they're still committed to a superman of color that's what i'm talking about of course uh, but the, the thing is are they are they interested in a superhero of color or are they just doing it because it's popular now you know, get a black guy in like I understand if companies are really out here willing to try and make change. Hey, we want to see people of color taking these kind of roles, these, these roles of good guys. Don't have Michael B. Jordan killing people. Don't have him be that Superman. I know Henry Cavill Superman killed Zod or whatever. So, you know, spoiler alert, shut up. It doesn't matter. But the point is, I want this super. I want this Superman to be clean cut. I don't need this super this this superman breaking the rules or bending the rules because he's a black superhero you know obviously be bending the rules and this shit no no shut the fuck up make him clean cut you know what i mean we want we want this superman to be real out here anyway not not just not just subtly degrading the black like you know uh, black people but anyway you get the point of course it's worth pointing out that with 2022's the flash movie uh including both michael keaton and ben affleck's batman via the DC multiverse, it's possible that Cavill's Man of Steel could share this green with the new black black Superman and maybe even past incarnations like Brandon Ruth's. You know, it's funny, you know, um, I think that's a bit of a spoiler maybe because I haven't, I haven't fully gotten to, um, is it a spoiler for me? I don't know. Like I said, I'm not too deep into the DC side of things, just, to, just some of the TV shows and I'm still getting there. Anyway. Deadline reports, no plot yet and no attachments, despite the fact that we've heard how Henry Cavill is eager to get back into the cape. He's probably want that money because that money can't be a joke. Well, that's good to hear as uh, no doubt fans will be wondering if Superman would be recast, but of course the latter still may, be, uh, still may happen if that's what Warner Bros wants. Look, at the end of the day, I, I, I wouldn't see, mind seeing Henry Cavill be uh, Superman again, but shit, if they can get Michael B. Jordan in there, they can get Michael B. Jordan. I'd love to see it. You'd love to see it. Love to see a black man behind the cape, bro. Or in the cape. But, yeah. Anyway, moving into some more gaming news. And this is an article from Polygon written by ONS. Good. EA delays new need for speed. Shifts criterion to support Battlefield 6. Criterion Games, back to working with DICE, will return to racing series in 2022. So, this sounds like, obviously, EA are just moving one team from, from well, predominantly uh, from working on a racing game, Need for Speed, onto working on Battlefield 6. Okay, I get that. Battlefield hasn't had a game out in, what, the past couple of years? So, hopefully, with them moving the team along and making, and, 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 um, you know, working to get this game out. Hopefully they can, you know, work on make, making this a really good title as opposed to it just being another one of those yearly, you know, yearly releases. And when, you know, when they move back, they can work on, you know, making a Need for, Spe uh, a Need for Speed game that pleases people, you know, properly. Because I've heard that the, the, uh, the last few games uh, from this article, by the way, because I have read this one, uh, were a bit lackluster. That being said, move, let's move into this. Electronic Arts will postpone the new Need for Speed game by a year and put its studio Criterion Games to working to, uh, to work supporting EA Dice on the Battlefield series, which will debut on the PS5 and Xbox Series X this fall. In an interview, EA's top executive for studios stressed that neither franchise is in trouble, nor is Criterion being taken off of its Need for Speed project. It's literally just being postponed. Laura Miel, Miel? 
if I hope I said that right. EA's chief uh, studios officer told Polygon that that pandemic working conditions and the Codemasters acquisition already delivering at least one racing game last year for a uh, racing game for EA later this year made reassigning criteria criterion a rational call. Battlefield is shaping up great. The team has been working incredibly hard. They pushed hard last year and yes, we've We've been working from home, Milo told Polygon, and it's hard. It's hard to make games from home, uh, and the EA DICE team is fatigued a bit. We have a great game and some incredible potential with this game, uh, Miel added. We're, we're playing to win, we're playing to put a great battle game out into the market. Electronic Arts told investors in November that Need for Speed and Battlefield would both get new games. On the newest generation of consoles by March 2022, Battlefield's next game, which hasn't been titled yet, was first mentioned in a call with, with investors back in 2019. The most recent Battlefield title was in 20, uh, 2018's Battlefield 5, which was set in World War II. So it's almost been, it's been three years since they've released a Battlefield game. Now, maybe that's due to the pandemic, of course, you know, workflow has slowed down. But with that time, maybe they've, I don't know, been able to put in some new, you know, new features, new game modes, is that any other to make the game, um, to really make this game stand out? And I hope, and hopefully they have. I, I haven't played Battlefield 5. Certain things, certain games haven't just, just haven't really interested me recently. Um, but I haven't played Battlefield 5. I think I've played maybe like a demo or some shit, but. Um, you know, maybe I'll pick up this one if it, if it does catch my eye. A year ago, EA sent the Need for Speed series back to Criterion after three after three lackluster entries by Ghost Games, which was record which was reorganized into a studio supporting Frostbite development. Last fall, Criterion game Criterion, the developers of the Burnout series, launched a remastered edition of 2010's well-regarded Need for Speed Hot Pursuit, whose original they also developed. Miel uh, acknowledged. Sorry, Miel seemed to acknowledge that players and fans might take Monday's news, especially coming uh, after last week's announcement that Bioware would abandon development on the disappointing anthem, as a sign the studio system for one of the of the game gaming's largest publishers is having trouble with its assignments. Jesus Christ, so much reading. <laughs> uh, not so, Miel insisted. There's no way we would have uh, made a decision like this without including Criterion and discussing this with them first and the impact that uh, they could have on Battlefield, uh, Miel said. They've worked on Star Wars Battlefront, they've worked on Battlefields and they have a really tight, close collaborative partnership with DICE. I'm really confident that this is going to be a, pro a positive win for them. You know what? Considering they've worked on Star Wars Battlefront and Battlefields, Let's just hope that they don't, you know. Let's hope that there's no not a lot of fucking microtransactions and 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 uh, in and you know things that are behind pay to win wars. Do you know what I mean? Like let's just let's just hope. Let's hope that like the gaming community can just stop falling into that trap because it's just getting kind of annoying now. I'm getting kind of sick of it. Um, to be honest, I'm getting very sick of it. Correct. I'm not. I'm not saying skins are fun. Um, but pay to win models. Yo, that get the hell out of here. And that's funny because that's gonna be another one of the that's gonna be the next article actually. So yes. Anyway, moving on to the uh, it's, it's probably not we don't have to read this whole thing. But basically, what they're saying is they're moving team, they're just re reallocating the manpower. They're, they're not stopping anything or they're not um cancelling anything, they're just reallocating the manpower. At the end of the day, you know. 
with the pandemic, we're not, we're not everyone's not in offices right now. And maybe because it's the final, the, you know, the, the final push for this Battlefield game, they just want to get another team in here so that you have, you know, more manpower to polish it out, make sure that things are, you know, all things are, you know, oiled and running well. You, you get the point. But, you know, I'm not mad at it. I don't, you know, as long as the game comes out working well, like, you know, minimal bugs and glitches, I can't be, I can't complain with that. And as long as it's not just a rehash of another game, then, you know, you know, what's the problem? Do you know what I mean? Now, here's an interesting article coming from BBC News, actually. Um, this is coming from BBC News. I don't know who wrote this. It's probably going to be at the end of the article. Let me see if they... Who, who wrote this? Wow, they're not even going to give the author any, any credit. Well, whatever. The title of the article is Are In-Game App Purchases Ruining Mobile Video Games? And you know, it's funny because I was... I was uh, my girlfriend and I went to the shop um, yesterday and I was playing this video game in the car on my phone and... It's one of those one. It's it's. I ain't, I'm not gonna tell you the name because they don't pay, they don't pay me. They, they don't pay me, so I'm not telling them the name. But it's one of those games where you play head to head against people and you have to like match three um, symbols or match four and you know get you get points. This person, like, bearing in mind they weren't like you know in this game you get put, put up against people on the same level as you. But this person had some overpowered move, and I swear to God, like. I thought I was wrecking them with my first run because I was going off, but they came back with this overpowered move multiple times and just wrecked my, just they, they wrecked me, okay? And I'm sure they paid for it because they, they, their character had this whole Joker skin and stuff, like they were paying for shit. And it's like, come on, man. Like, if you know someone's paying for, paying to win, put them with other people who are paying money. I, I'm sure it's not that hard, but anyway. Are in-game app purchases ruining mobile video games? Yes, yes. Yes, 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 and yes. Like, how can a game be competitive when someone's paying to win? Now, yes, obviously there's the whole get good aspect, but when it comes to like, for example, a turn-based game like that, if someone's paying for like specific, uh, you know, moves, how can you beat that? Unless you just have some ridiculous, no, you can't beat that. I'm sorry, no. Anyway, moving into this before I get triggered, we know more people are playing video games in the pandemic. Not all of us will be sitting down to play on our consoles or PCs. Recent research supports that one in two people with a smartphone will have played a game on their phone in the last week. That's half, that's 50% of people. How many of those games make money? Um, how many of those games make money, however, has been a consistent talking point within the gaming industry for, for years. The techniques some developers use to hook and retain players are, are however, are controversial. And that's another thing, with this game, the continue button is in the center of the screen, uh, like the bottom center, if you will. And that's where, the that, that's where the continue button is, right? But also when you press the continue button, sometimes the, oh, buy this button pops up. So you accidentally tap it. That's happened to me twice since having this game in the past like three days. And it's like, I understand that you want people to 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 buy it, buy it, and I don't mind them showing off the the the, the you know the advert. Okay, fair enough. It's annoying to press the X, but it's whatever. Move move along. Don't make me accidentally press something that can also make me accidentally buy something. You know what I mean? Obviously, yes, you have to go to the Google. It will take you to the Google Store or whatever, and you have to pay your money there. So you have that the extra line of protection, but don't do that because that's scummy. That's real scummy. And on top of that. If a game is giving you the ability to win, just that's, of course it's gonna mess up games. I don't mind, like I said, I don't mind paying for skins and stuff. That's cool. But also, with video games, you should be able to earn those things anyway. But anyway, moving on. 
The techniques some developers use to hook players and retain players, however, are controversial, particularly when games are advertised as free, come with in-game app purchase, uh, with sorry, in-app purchases, sometimes known as microtransactions. If money hinders you from playing this game, that's posing um, as free to play, but it's not. That's what frustrates me," says Jayan Lopez, founder of Black Girl Gamers. Yes, sire, go follow them. Go follow them right now. Follow them on on Twitter, Instagram, all of that. Hmm. Black, uh, founder of Black Girl Gamers, talking on this week's BBC Sounds Press X to Continue podcast. If you want people to play your game, give them an upfront fee. I would gladly pay for a game to download onto my phone that I'm going to enjoy forever. I don't want to be advertised to all the time. Mm, true, I get that. That's annoying, especially when you you make one move, you press a button, you make one move, or like in I don't know, in like a in the menus, and then there's advert. And you click off the advert, and then you have to you click something else, and then another advert, and it's like okay, fuck off. I'm just trying to navigate through the menus. I just want to play one game, or I just want to play two or three games without having an advert shoved down my throat that I can't skip. But anyway, um, I don't want to be advertised to all the time, and I think it's becoming quite dangerous how adver uh, advertisements are everywhere. When it comes to these, uh, when it comes to these mobile games, and they stop you from actually enjoying the game until you pay, I don't think that's uh, that kind of. Uh, I don't enjoy that kind of financial model, sorry. Research, uh, research suggests that the amount of money players spend on mobile games globally increased by 13% year on year from 2017 to 2018, with around 50 billion spent on them in total. 50 billion, Jesus Christ. Press X to continue reviewer Inel Tomlinson has some sympathy for studios trying to make uh, mobile games. I do think it's a lot harder for developers to charge upfront costs. The latest uh, Professor Layton game came out on mobile before it came out on the Nintendo Switch and on mobile it cost 20 quid and everyone's like I ain't touching that. 20 quid for a mobile game? You're having a laugh. It came out on the Switch for $40 or 40, 40 quid sorry. The same game everyone bought it and I get that. I get that. It's sad that, that maybe that's the case. But then you also got to think about the limitations. The Nintendo Switch for gaming is drastically, uh, you know, more powerful than, than any phone that we have out right now. I mean, you know, I tried to play, um, I tried to play um, a mobile game on, on my phone recently. So a game that I, that was well reviewed by one of my favorite YouTubers. And um, when I tried to play it, it was a slideshow. Because like mobile games can't run like games the same as they can on the Switch or the PC or whatnot, so I can understand why people are hesitant to even bother buying them. If if Dark Souls came out on my on the phone right now, I guarantee you it wouldn't work the same way. You'd have to drastically, and I'm talking about Dark Souls, the original one. It wouldn't work. So so I can understand why people are skeptical. Um, you know, and it's sad. Yes, it's sad. But if that's the case. That's maybe a decision, a business decision that you have to make. Am I, are we really going to bother putting this out on, on mobile? Mobile, Because are people really going to buy it? Okay, you've made this decision and this game, Professor Layton, didn't work out. Don't make it again. Don't do it again. Just don't. Or you really have to show people that, it wor that it's worth it and it has to be worth it. Trying to stand out in a saturated mobile game market is hard. Yeah, I know. I make YouTube videos and I'm a Twitch streamer. Like, it's, it's fucking difficult. I get it. 
A recent trend in mobile games forces players to wait until they can access a certain levels or items, unless of course they're prepared to pay the uh, pay for the privilege. And it's these kinds of techniques that irritate some gamers. And you know, should I? Yeah, I'm gonna carry on reading this one. In certain mobile games, for for instance, you play you play for ten minutes and then it's like, oh, you've now run out of lives, says uh, comedian Glenn Moore. Your lives are plenished in twenty four hours, or you can buy some now. And, and I'm like, is this a game? Uh, is this a game being really irresponsible about my finances or is this the game being really responsible for my playtime? Mm. I think it's the first one. It's definitely the first one. Developers of mobile games have got to make money. So I understand that you've got to think of ways of doing it, says the podcast host Stephen Powell or Stephen Powell, sorry. When monetization gets in the way of the experience, that's when I start questioning it. But while there's so much money to be made, there's still plenty of uh, of games that rely on this funding model. Dayan hopes that she can overcome her frustration to, uh, to experience some some of the games that are out there on mobile devices. There are some beautiful gems out there, admits Jayan, created with a lot uh, created with a lot of hard work. There are some really beautiful stories, and it's true. Like uh, there's a lot of amazing games that, that are out there. Uh, you know, I. I haven't, I'm not really a mobile um, gamer myself. I, ch I tend to stay away from video games that are on mobiles. But at the end of the day, I'm not surprised. Like I've played some games that I've had some real, like some real fun with some mobile games. So I'm not surprised that there'd be some really good models out there, uh, some some really good titles out there, some really good stories. And I think um, this culture of microtransactions and, and shoving adverts down our throats it does make people sour towards it. You know. I mean, it pisses people off on console and PC with microtransactions. So on phones, on a, on a, on a platform that kind of has to prove itself even more. So no, I, of course, people are going to be mad at that. I don't think people want to deal with that. To be fair, I don't want to deal with that. Um, For all of you lucky PS5 owners, for all of you lucky PS5 owners, that includes me. Thank you to my beautiful girlfriend. Thank you. Wherever you, you know, she's not right up there. That'd be weird if she was up there. Uh, she'd be like a witch or something, like something from the exes just in the corner of the room like that. But you know, thank you to my, my girl. Article from Bloomberg by Takashi Mo, uh, Mokizuki. Mochi, Mochizuki or Mokizuki? Mochizuki. I'm gonna say Mochizuki. Uh, if I have, if you do watch this uh, and I've butchered your name, I'm so sorry. I, I, I tried to, you know, I've tried both pronunciations and I hope that you appreciate that because at the end of the day, in this world, you try and pronounce people's names as they are. You don't just, oh, can I, can I say a short version of your name? No, no. If you don't understand their name, take the time to learn it. I used to go to school with these uh, two girls. I'm not going to say their names because, you know, they probably wouldn't appreciate that right now because obviously just putting their names out there but people learn how to say their names bearing in mind they're not traditional english names they're, they're traditional african names learn how to say people's names so uh takashi Mo, uh, takashi mochizuki if i'm if i got that wrong i'm sorry but hey i'm trying okay the article says sony open play, uh, sony to open playstation 5 for storage upgrades in the summer and you know since i downloaded fucking warzone i need it I need it. I need it. Sony Corp is preparing to open up its PlayStation 5 for internal storage upgrades in this summer, lifting a bottleneck that prevents gamers from having more than a few marquee ga uh, games on their console at one time. People briefed on the plans. Uh, people briefed on plans. <clears throat> you know, the, the the speeds on the PlayStation 5 are amazing. 
I, I really appreciate the fact that everything loads so fast on the PS5, but it's just now the storage. The storage has become the problem. And obviously, yes, it's expensive. SSD storage is expensive, but it's necessary. Like it's needed nowadays, especially when you've got games like Warzone and you've got Call of Duty. Like, oh, why is Call of Duty? Why are these Call of Duty games so, so like, for example, I downloaded Warzone. That was already a lot of space. Then there's the other like updates that are just even expensive in terms of like uh they, they take up a lot of space then the updates the other updates takes up take up so much more space it's ridiculous bro it's actually crazy but anyway moving oh my god what is my neck all right okay okay anyway moving on adding support for additional drivers will be enabled with a firmware update that also unlocks higher cooling uh fan speeds to ensure the console does not overheat the people said uh asking uh Asking not to be named because the plans are not yet public. Mm. You're just putting stuff out there that you shouldn't be, eh? But you know what? It's all good. It's all good. I appreciate you. The PlayStation 5 comes with a custom solid state drive with around 667 gigabytes uh, for storing games, apps, and media. At a time when the latest Call of Duty game needs 133 gigabytes of installation space and most major titles take up at least 40 gigabytes each. See? And that's the point. Like... I've already used up all my space with this Call of Duty, bro. <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy. So like, yeah, more space is needed. They said, oh yeah, one terabyte of storage, but one terabyte. When they say one terabyte, it's not one terabyte. Even when you get uh, an SSD for a PC, one terabyte is not 100, like, it's not 1,000 gigabytes of storage for you to use because some of that space is used for like the cache and all that kind of stuff. But the point is, like, we need more space on the PS5. Anyway, Sony's, uh, Sony's latest console has a customized architecture that accelerates loading, uh, accelerates loading and processing times, but makes it impractical to plug in an external uh, external hard drive. The typical way gamers add storage. Such a drive can only be used for older PS4 uh, older PS4 games. After the planned. Uh, firmware upgrade players need only take off the plastic cover of the ps5 and attach a new storage unit to address the current limitations as previously announced we are working to enable m.2 ssd storage expansion for the playstation 5 the timing has not been announced and details will be shared later a, a sony spokesperson said so at the end of the day we're gonna get the space for these ssds i think that's cool i think it's cool hopefully Hopefully SSD storage um, does get a little cheaper and we can get like two, three terabyte SSDs and just chuck them in the console. And you know what I mean? We can have a good time with our games and you know, and 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 all that business because you know, only being able to put in a couple games, especially like, you know, Call of Duty uh, Warzone. It's a fun, it's a fun title. It's free. Like who wouldn't want to have it on their, on, on, their con on their console? I mean, look. I mean, even I got myself a couple, like, got myself a W on that game, so I'm just saying, well, with my, with the team, with the team, with Blue King, with Blue King, um, on Twitch, you know what I mean, Blue King, Blue King PX, sorry, on Twitch, you know what I mean, so we, you know, we were killing it, you know, with the squad, I can't remember what else's name, I'm sorry, but, you know, it is what it is. Moving on to the next article, this is from The Guardian, um, and it's something that I, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm not, heavily into like sports news or, or whatnot all the time but i saw this one quickly pop on pop up on my um on my 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 page uh on my my home page because i have my you know news articles on my home page for google and it's kind of sad 
because you know no one should be made to feel like this people you know i've been made to feel like this at work um i'm sure other people have been made to feel like this at work you know but it's the article from the guardian and, and it's written by gerard gerard Mega. and it says bbc and rfu rugby uh, rugby football union strongly condemn online abuse sent to sonia mclaughlin or mclaughlin I, don't, I may have mispronounced, mispronounced that, but I'm sorry. Um, BBC uh, rugby reporter was sent abuse off the pitch side interviews. RFU, abuse for doing your job is not okay. We stand by you. Abuse is not okay in general, but you get the point. You get what they're trying to say. So, the BBC... Oh, sorry, let me just put this back here like that for you. My bad, my bad. The BBC and the Rugby Football Union have strongly condemned the online abuse suffered by the reporter Sonia McLaughlin following her pitch side interviews after the Wales's six uh, Wales's Six Nations victory over England on Saturday. McLaughlin's McLaughlin's McLaughlin. I'm gonna say McLaughlin's McLaughlin's questioning on the England captain Owen Farrell and the head uh, and the head coach Eddie Jones, as well as their op uh, as well as their opposite numbers, uh, Alan Alan Wynn Jones and Wayne Pivich, Pivik shortly after full time was followed by a series of abusive insults on social media. Now, can you see why I, I, um, why, why I highlighted this? She may, no, let's, let me, let me carry on. Let me carry on first, but let me carry on first. Um, on Saturday evening, McLaughlin, an experienced and well-respected reporter for the BBC, revealed uh, she had been left in tears by the abuse. She posted on Twitter, Toxic, embarrassing, disgraceful and appalling. Just some of the feedback I've had. Thanks for using uh, at sign so it's all uh, hit home. Now imagine getting uh, inundated with abuse for doing your job. I'm uh, in my car crying. Hope you're happy. On Sunday, the BBC, the RFU and the Six Nations all offered messages of support denouncing the abuse uh, McLaughlin had been subjected to. BBC Sport strongly condemns the online uh, abuse experienced by Sonia McLaughlin after the Wales v England match. I read a statement from the broadcaster. Sonia has been Sonia has long been a key member of our Six Nations team, and and uh, she absolutely has our full support. Now look, I don't know what was said at the end uh, during the uh, during the interview, but it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, right? As long as she hasn't said anything that was racist, sexist, um, any any form of ist, you know, um, anything that was um, really rude or offensive to the players. I can understand people voicing their opinion online, and I get that. But, you know, I, I don't know what these people have said to, uh, to, to Sonia. But the truth is, I can imagine it was nothing. I can imagine maybe she said something that was maybe slightly insensitive, maybe, maybe. In, in the sense that, um, I don't know, like when, uh, or something silly, like when the, the reporter asked Russell Westbrook, do you think that uh, that you guys won this, uh, lost this game or that the opposition won this game? It's a stupid question, but I get you, you understand what he's saying. Did you guys perform well or did they, did you guys perform badly or did they perform well? But the fact is no one should be getting this kind of abuse uh, for doing their job. Do you know what I mean? Um, I, I, it's just, it's just ridiculous. Um, let's see. Let me see. Let's see what. Let's see what they say here. Um, uh, let's see if this. Let's see if this. Uh, this. This. This video has anything to do with it. Let's see if this is the video.
Okay. Okay. So, after watching that interview, I don't see the problem. I see that maybe she she uh, pushed in asking some questions that he wasn't comfortable with, and she quite clearly just outed the team for maybe some of their inefficiencies. And you know, look, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be very real, especially when it comes to to rugby and uh, you know. Rugby is, I've always heard that rugby is a gentleman's game. Rugby is a, a game where people show each other the utmost respect and, and care and this, that and the other. And, and, I, and I get that, you know, uh, in the games, people can, can get upset. And, it, you know, it's a very, you know, it's a very physical game. People, are, you know, don't take any shit, this, that and the other. But, you know, she asked questions about someone's poor performance, the team's poor performance. He was, he was very avoidant with those questions, with the answers. And that's fine. But that doesn't mean that people who watch the match or support England rugby, you know, are allowed to to, to be so abusive towards uh, someone who was just doing her job. At the end of the day, if their performance was shit, it was shit. And she can point that out. She's allowed to point that out. She has the right to do that. That's her job. She's supposed to be impartial. So, so, so her asking questions about England's inefficiencies in that match, she's allowed to do that. She's supposed to do that, and she's done her job. But the people who are who are berating her, it's much like it's much like football fans when when some, when their team loses or something like that, and they go off on a rant or riot. You know, what I mean, people going uh, going off and start um, causing um, problems and being violent because their team lost. It's 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 Neanderthalic behavior. It's bullshit. It's trash, and it's it, you know it's something I've never understood. Uh, you know, from people. Um, in sports and fans in sports I can I get upset when Arsenal loses a football match but I'm not going to go out there and, and, and start a riot because of it it's it's ridiculous I'm not going to go out there and you know I might I might insult someone's I might say someone's performance was shit on Twitter yeah okay fair enough but then I'm not going to I'm not going to um, insult them or their family or send a threat to uh, to them because at the end of the day they're just an athlete doing their job they're just someone doing their job and they may have made a mistake it's like someone who makes a mistake on your order when you go to a restaurant like at the end of the day you might think that that is trash but it's a mistake and it, you, you just move on past it so for the people that made for the people that you know sent those tweets to 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 sonia mclaughlin like you guys are trash and you guys need to sort your shit out you know, and if if you're that kind of person, you're watching this podcast and or listening to this podcast, you need to sort yourself out as well because that's that's bullshit behavior. Big facts. Um, and moving into the last uh, two articles, um, this one is, excited me because this game came out when I was a kid. It's called The Getaway. I don't know if you guys know it because let's, let's be fair, Getaway One and Two came out on the PlayStation Two a long, long flipping time ago, a long time ago. And it was supposed to come out with the Getaway uh, 3 on the PlayStation 3, but that got cancelled because uh, God knows why. Apparently the, the studio was working on like the iToy or some shit like that and decided, oh yeah, no, the Getaway is not important, even though it was a bloody fun game. But anyway, let's, let's, let's move on. So this article is by Gaming Bible, uh, written by Ewan Moore. So shout out to you, Ewan Moore. And the article title says, The Getaway Studio teases new PlayStation 5 game with huge potential. So, obviously, the G- uh, the Getaway is not, is not been outwardly, um, uh, it's not been announced, but, you know, a new PlayStation 5 game from the studio that made the, the Getaway, hopefully, hopefully they make another Getaway game. The last game that was, uh, uh, especially the last open world game that was based in London was um, Watch Dogs Legion. And that, 
that was a, you know, they did a good job of recreating London. Definitely. I've said that in my review. It's, you know, they've done a great job of recreating London. It looks great. It, you know, it's got a good vibe, especially with, with the lighting and, and graphics and whatnot. But the getaway. Mwah, amazing. Anyway, Sony Interactive Entertainment's London Studios has just announced some pretty big moves and confirmed uh, and have confirmed some very early details on its next project. A new post on the a new post over on the London Studio website, thanks PlayStation Universe, confirms that developers have appointed two new studio co-heads, Tara Saunders and, Stu and Stuart White, who have both been with the company since 2017. As co-heads, the pair will be driving London Studio forward with at least one game, uh, one title, one in-development title uh, that has huge potential. Um, I want us to dream big and realize our full potential. Saunders explained in response to a question about where they want the studio to be in five years, but at the same time, uh, ensure that there are there is a real emphasis on ethical and sustainable game development practices, i.e removing crunch because crunch is absolutely ridiculous having developers in the office like a hundred plus hours a week just because you're trying to finish up a game is bollocks if the game isn't ready and you need time more time delay the game but don't have developers working hot like a hundred hour weeks just so that you can get um the game out in time because if you're going to do that you need to then start paying people you need to start playing people overtime and this goes out to all developers. Like you need to stop paying people some like serious overtime if people are going to do that. Instead of just paying the studio heads the large amounts of money, pay that to the developers that are working on the game. The studio heads just make decisions in their office all day. Like the people, people that are making the game are the ones that are putting the 50, 60, 70, 80, 90, 100 hour weeks in. No, like that's unacceptable, but you know, that's the way the world is for some reason. And it's bullshit. But you know, moving on to so where was I at? Yes. We have super strong values in place that mean uh, that mean we should be keeping in mind the importance of inclusivity, balance and team spirit on a day to day basis. Our next project has huge potential and we want to leverage that to the max by empowering the team to thrive and de deliver a top quality game. So what could be the ambitious? What could this ambitious project be? It's worth noting that we don't know for sure yet, but rumors have suggested a revival of the uh, of the popular open world crime game, The Getaway, could be on the cards. For those who who aren't aware, The Getaway, uh, The Getaway hit PlayStation 2 back way back in 2002. Jesus Christ, 2002. I was 6. <laughs> uh bro, what is life? I'm that's crazy. That's crazy. I didn't even, I didn't, I didn't realize it was so far back. It was essentially a 3D Grand Theft Auto style game set in London. A poorly received sequel was released in 2004 and, and the franchise has been on ice since then. I, I didn't really play the second one too much. Although I did like, I think the first two missions uh, that I played, uh, they were cool. But yeah, the getaway, the first one was dope. It was dope. Um, I remember it having no map and I was confused, but all I know is that when you, um, the way that it told, like, you know, the way you navigated was that, you know, obviously when you get in a car, you would follow the, in, you know, the indicators or the blinkers, as you Americans say. And, you know, that would get you to, to you know, to where you needed to go. It was dope. In terms of, in terms of gunfights, you had to, uh, there was no health on the screen. Your shirt would just get bloody. And if you wanted to heal, you had to stand by a wall for a second and just like wait. It was weird, but it was, it was cool. It was innovative and I liked it. Anyway, 
Um, let's see. So fans of the getaway got excited last year when they realized the London studio website has a number of job listings for a yet for a for an as yet unannounced next gen game with an ideal candidates having had experience in at least three triple eight releases. Could it possibly be? Potentially. Let's 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 just hope. Let's hope. I'm not gonna read any more about on that article, but let's hope because the getaway was a great game. The getaway was a great title on it and and I think also like there's not enough video games or open world video games set in London. Um London is a London is a is a is a great city. Um shit to live in <laughs> expensive as fuck but um no like in terms of video games and like and, and open world i think you know london is a, is a great place to to create a video game and and watchdogs legion kind of proved that um i wish they wouldn't have been so they wouldn't have like made everything so like they made okay london is a, is is a bummy place at times but they made london look trash in certain places which is just kind of a bit i, I didn't really like that too much but you know, yeah, they, they did a good job of, with it. And I think, you know, if they were to bring back a, a getaway game and really make London just more real, like the, like in the way that I know the getaway can, boy, it'd be different. I'm just saying Rockstar needs to stop fucking around and make a game in London, okay? Because Rockstar knows how to, re, uh, you know, knows how to, to recreate a, a city. They've, they've done it so well with, with, um, with, New York, Miami, Los, uh, Los Angeles. Um, so they need to stop messing around and just bring Grand Theft Auto to London um, because that's that's a huge market and, and a huge location that they're just missing out on. I'm just saying. But anyway, before I before I carry on with that a little bit too much, and the the the, the final article that I want to that I want to speak about is from GameStop, written by Dan Orty. I haven't heard that name before. And it's a trailer for a movie called Without Remorse by Michael B. Jordan or starring Michael B. Jordan as a future Rainbow Six leader. Anyway, so the article goes, Amazon's uh, upcoming Tom Clancy adaptation stars Jordan as John Clark. What a name. What a name. <laughs> and it releases in April. Yeah, and look, I've seen this trailer. I'm not going to play the trailer for you guys because obviously it's a podcast and whatnot. But um, uh, you guys can watch it on the, you can watch the the the, the trailer on the on YouTube or, or whatnot yourself. It's, the movie is called Without Remorse. But when I tell you this trailer is crazy, it just Michael B. Jordan is is just amazing. But anyway, look, the first trailer of Amazon's Tom Clancy adaptation Without Remorse has been released. The movie stars Michael B. Jordan as a vengeful CIA operative John Clark, and it hits Amazon Video on April 30th. The trailer sets up the basic plot, which sees Clark and his family attacked by highly trained assassins. Clark survives, but his wife dies. So the angry operative goes rogue in an attempt to find whoever launched the assault. This being a Clancy story, there's also lots of shadowy conspiracy thrills that alongside a high octane violence that uh, a mix that the director Stefano uh, Solima, uh, Sicario Day of the Soldado uh, and Gomorrah, okay, so he's made those two movies, <clears throat> has proven to be very skilled at in the past. Check the trailer below, obviously, you guys can read, uh, read it and watch it yourself. Without Remorse also stars Jamie Bell, Jodie Turner-Smith and Guy Pearce. It's written by Taylor Sheridan who 
wrote both Sicario movies. Okay, cool. The novel Without uh, Remorse was published uh, in 1993 and was an origin story for John Clark, who had appeared in uh, who had appeared as a supporting character in in Clancy's Jack Ryan novels. Okay. Clark has previously uh, been played on screen by Willem Dafoe and Liev Schreiber. I like Willem Dafoe and Liev Schreiber are so fucking. They're such dope, dope actors. Like Liev Schreiber, like, amazing. Anyway, Without Remorse is uh, is the latest big movie that was originally intended for theatrical release, but has moved uh, to streaming instead. The film was produced by Paramount, but was sold to Amazon last year, much like the comedy sequel Coming to America, which releases this week. Uh, also, this article was written on March the 3rd, so you, you get the point. Amazon has previously uh, produced two seasons of Jack of the Jack Ryan show starring John Krasinski, who should, I think he's the guy who should be playing, uh, who should play, uh, m you know, <clears throat> Mr. Fantastic. But anyway, let's not go too deep in that. In related news, Jordan is respected to return for the third Creed movie. Uh, the film doesn't have a director or a release date yet, but last year it was reported that Zach Balin has been hired to write it. Eh. And I think that's it for the gaming news. Um, I tried to ask you guys some questions on on Twitter and Instagram, and I only got a couple. But at the end of the day, I think it's it's cool for you guys to kind of get to know me a little bit and and be able to ask questions, you know, either about me or or about any topics or whatever, or about life, or even ask for, just for even advice, even if I can help <laughs> if I can help give you some peace of mind or whatever. So the first question this is on uh, on uh, instagram by bruce captain 3 bruce captain 3000 fanboy are you a pokemon fan if so what generation did you grow up on i'm going to i'm going to be real with you guys i'm not a pokemon fan like pokemon's cool and i'll always like pokemon but i'm not a huge fan i've never played through the games uh, my little brother is a is a is a Pokemon fan. My little brother is a Pokemon fan. Um, he played them games all the time. He he had he had them on his DS or whatever. He was playing them games up. He he's he's a little Nintendo fanboy or whatever. But <laughs> me, I never really got into the Pokemon games. I can't lie. It just it just wasn't for me. I did have some Pokemon movies when I was a kid. I had that one where um there was that evil Mewtwo, and then I don't know how they all just turned into into. In, no, no, who turned, no, Ash, Ash got turned into stone and then all of the Pokemon cried and then it turned them back to normal. I don't know how it worked, but that shit was emotional. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I've never really, really been a Pokemon uh, fan. And then another question from underscore dot Rion underscore was five things you can't live without. That is a, that's a tough question. Food and water. <laughs> that's two. <laughs> um... I can't lie, I'm gonna have to say mm, video games. Cause that's me. Like I've been playing video games since I was a kid. I'll always like love video games, like regardless. Um my girlfriend, if I don't if I don't say that, she'll probably kill me. So I gotta say that. <laughs> um that's four. Five? What's five? Music. Music, bro. Music gets me through the boring moments. Uh, in times I just, you know, just want to just be in a different world. Uh, music gets me through all that. So, yep, yeah, like I'm, I, I'm a very much an escapist kind of person. I use things as an as an escape from from just life. I, you know, which sounds terrible. Which sounds like I, you know, yeah, I'm, you know, 
sounds like I don't enjoy life. Um, I do, but, um, you know, life can always be better. So, you know, I've always loved video games and I'll play video games regardless of whether I'm trying to escape life or not. But yeah, music and video games, you know, music, video games, my girlfriend, food and water are <laughs> those five things I can't live without. And I hope that answers your question. But anyway, I want to appreciate, I just want to, you know, say thank you to everybody who, who watched this episode of Household Game. I really appreciate you guys being here. I appreciate everyone who, who, who answered the questions or who asked the questions, if you will. And if you enjoyed it, please, please give this, this podcast the highest rating that you can on any platform that you're listening on. If you're watching the YouTube version, leave a comment down below, ask me a question for the next podcast or tell me what you think about any of the news articles and please hit that subscribe button hit that like button hit that bell just so you know when my new videos come out and the next podcast episode comes out that being said i'm your boy big tony and i'm out peace